Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 22, and reading for our text a few words from verse 8. Genesis chapter 22 and verse 8 God will provide the whole verse reads Abraham said my son God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering so they went both of them together Genesis 22 and part of verse 8. This is the account of God trying or testing Abraham, testing his faith, his faith in God providing. Isaac, as they go on their way, God had directed Abraham to go to a mountain that he would tell him of, and that he there was to offer up his son for a burnt offering. Now, in Isaac was the promised seed, and we read in uh, Hebrews that Abraham believed that even if uh, Isaac had been slain, he would have raised, he would have been raised from the dead because he believed God's promise. He believed that. Uh, what God had said would come to pass and nothing, nothing would stand in the way not not the death of his son, not the death of Isaac uh, he would be raised and, and of course Isaac is a beautiful type of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ also he's a type of the people of God who in their place is placed the Lamb of God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the provided Lamb. So in this account on the third day, and may we have a third day religion, the, the first day Isaac in Abraham's mind was, was slain, was dead, and the second and the third at the beginning of it as we have with our text. But at the end of that day, there is Isaac alive. And we think of our Lord, the third day he rose again. The first, second and third, and the beginning of the third, for the dear disciples, their Lord was dead as to their understanding. But the way the first day of the week ended was very different than how it began. And so with Abraham here, the way this day, as they went up the mount, ended was very different than how it began. But as they're going, Isaac, he discerns there is something missing. He says, my father, and he said, here am I, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where? is the lamb where is the lamb for a burnt offering something missing vital that was missing and so uh, Abraham answers him and it's an answer obviously he, he didn't continue to ask 
but a beautiful answer. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And may it be then that in this word, this short word, God will provide. The, the Lord gives us his word this afternoon. Now, I want to look at three points, but... Before we do, there are several points I'd like to just bear in mind as as we go through these points. Firstly, there's God's will in the Lord's provision. Whatever is the Lord's provision, the ways that we look at, remember it is according to the will of God. It is not our dictating. It is not what we uh, uh, saying must happen all things are subject to the will of God it is also subject to the sovereignty of God he is not consulting with man he is doing according to the counsel of his own will he is a sovereign you may we remember that in all of the provisions of God Perhaps the devil might tempt sometimes, oh well, uh, because of how this provision came, because of how it came to pass, then uh, somehow the Lord was persuaded into it, or even deceived into it. You know, you might have someone give you something here below, and you think, yes, but they've given it to me, because they don't really know me or they've been told wrong things or different things. I don't really deserve this. As if there's been someone that's influenced that person in their giving. But that cannot be with the Lord because when the Lord gives, he gives sovereignly. That is not influenced by any other than his own wisdom and counsel and purpose. The third thing to bear in mind is God's timing. And especially we think of this account that is before us here. It was the last minute that God provided. The knife was raised. Uh, Isaac was bound upon the altar. And then there was the provision and what Abraham says in our verse did come to pass God did provide Uh, the lamb was provided and of course the great antitype our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ was provided but the timing of when when the lamb was provided uh, when Isaac was taken off the altar when our Lord rose from the dead uh, that timing is in the Lord's hand and then there is the means he uses to provide in, in many ways the Lord has heaven and earth at his command he can use many many different means and just the account that we read of Elijah we can see those means we'll look at that 
uh, soon. But uh, we, we should remember, of course, what uh, Paul says to Timothy, that if a man provide not for his own household, he is uh, worse than an infidel. A person is not just to, to sit at home and, and, and not work and say, well, the Lord will provide, when we know that he provides through through lawful work, through labour of our hands. Paul had the same message to, to those uh, th- uh, in the Thessalonians as well. And so we would recognise the means that the Lord uses. So bearing those things in mind, I want to look at three provisions of the Lord, three vital provisions. The first one is God's provision in the gospel. And in saying that, really, my mind is to the account that we have here with uh, Abraham with Isaac and the provided lamb our Lord Jesus Christ Calvary and that provision really from the beginning of the world from eternity uh, chosen in Christ and the lamb slain from the foundation of the world so that's the first point God's provision in the gospel and then second God's provision in providence, in our lives, how that he provides for our bodies here below. And then thirdly, God's provision in calling, in quickening into divine life through the power and work of the Holy Spirit. If there wasn't that provision in God, if God said, well, my son has laid down his life, now it's up to you. You exercise your so-called free will. You bring about the new birth. If there was no provision from God to quicken into life, we'd be of all men most miserable, and speaking reverently, his death to of no avail. The God that provided the Lamb must also provide and give that faith in the Lamb of God. So those are three provisions I want to look at this afternoon. But firstly, God's provision in the Gospel, in His beloved Son. This of which Abraham, he saw Christ's day, and he rejoiced at it. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And through all of the years of the Old Testament, from right from the first promise in the Garden of Eden until Christ came nearly 4,000 years later, then we have the provision of not the type, but the antitype, the real Lamb of God. And this is what I said about the timing of that provision. The Old Testament saints died in the persuasion that that Lamb would be provided, that there would be indeed uh, a fulfilling of the seed of the woman that should bruise the serpent's head. 
but how it had to be waited for so long right down through the uh, ages of time and yet this is the provision for the church of God a lamb slain from the foundation of the world the provision of the blood the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanseth from all sin it is the provision that is required by the law without the shedding of blood there is no remission it is a provision that man cannot provide God only can provide one amongst a thousand it is a provision prefigured in the account of David when he came in the time of Goliath Israel could find for 40 days no man to fight against Goliath but God provided uh, David and we think when uh, Samuel anointed uh, David I provided me a king amongst his sons well he was then set before all Israel as that provision but they had to wait the 40 days to prove this there was no other deliverer no other saviour at all but him and so that provision is in the gospel and in these gospel days the days when the word is preached the days when Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is lifted up on the pole of the everlasting gospel it is a provision before a people and God has provided another provision that is so uh, united to his beloved son and that is his word the written and incarnate word in all things are the same in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and we have the word of God the inspired infallible word of God that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God if we did not have the word of God we wouldn't know about ourselves we wouldn't know about God we wouldn't know about the way of salvation at all I wonder how often we think of how much we rely upon the word of God in days gone by uh, there were those that would farmers would give a whole cartload of hay for one leaf of the Bible and yet we can have many copies of the word of God of the Bible in our homes and we can almost take it for granted and not stop and think what if we did not have the word of God what if it, 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 we didn't know anything that was in it and there are many in this world that, that don't have the word of God and what a great blessing it is when it is translated into the languages of a people who then receive it in their own language and they can say then thy word have I hid in mine heart Paul says I would rather speak five words with the understanding than ten thousand in an unknown tongue And so we do bless the Lord for his word and his word in our tongue and even in the, not only in in the spoken word, but if you see Hebrew or Greek written, for those of us that don't understand those languages, it is useless to us. We, we, We are no better off at all because we do not understand it. And even when it is in English, 
it is vital that our understanding be opened to understand the scriptures. Our Lord did that when he rose from the dead, when he appeared to his disciples, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. God has also promised to provide pastors, pastors after his own heart, those that shall minister the word and speak the word. And he's also promised a people. The Lord shall never want a man to do the work that he has to do, and he shall never want a people. Unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And uh, wherever the uh, Lord must have uh, people, uh, people to be saved, then he'll have those that shall be used to to bring that about and to be his servants and to bring his word to a people. And we have that, of course, in the ministries of the apostles and as they went from nation to nation and people to people. And it is God's provision in the gospel. But though there is that provision in the gospel, until there is a quickening by divine grace until there is a calling then that provision is not valued Uh, it is not looked upon as needed by us at all and I I think of uh, my early days and and bringing up at Melbourne and we had that provision a couple of years of my life. I can't remember his ministry. Mr. Rex Toogood was the pastor there then, my father's ministry. And we had, of course, the Red Sermons by uh, Mr. Douglas uh, Toogood. And those, well, I hated those, the long sermons of Mr. Philpon. And by, by nature, I didn't like the, the, the services. I didn't have a need of the gospel, all of the provision was there, but I didn't feel my need of it. It is a solemn thing that by nature we are dead, and yet sometimes I've thought of that which is said of of Samson, that the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan. And I remember one time at the back of the chapel there in Melbourne, uh, when it was all grassed over, there was two crabapple trees. And in, the, in between the services, we used to sit uh, under those trees. And one time there was uh, Mr. Douglas, uh, too good. He was sitting there and I'd been inside the chapel and I saw uh, a book. And it was, I think it's by Mr. Smith in the chapel library, and the title of it was Food for Hungry Souls. And I remember I brought it out to him under the tree and asked him, did he think that it would be a good book for me to read? Well, he said, no, he thought it would be a bit too hard for me. So I put it back disappointed. In hindsight, maybe he, he should have said uh, more and pointed me to uh, the need of Christ. And, and why did I, why was I interested? What was drawing me to that? But I've never forgotten the the occasion. There was something there that obviously felt attraction to and something of which 
the Lord's servant said, well, I, I really wasn't, it wouldn't suit me at that, that age or, or able to read it. And uh, these things, that they, they, you think, what was that then? What was that that was moving me then? And that was, I was supposedly only about 10 or 11, I suppose, and I think of, as well when I was 13, and that would have been my birthday probably in October, so it would have been the same year uh, that uh, Mr. Ernie Tugger died, your um, husband and uh, father of some of you there. And I was given a, a Bible from over here, my Auntie Julia, she's now in glory, I believe, and it was a very thin one. It was quite unique, very thin paper. I remember having that, and it was my first Bible I'd ever had, and uh, of my own at thirteen. And it, yet it, it it wasn't read much. I liked it as a book, and it was an interesting book, but I never had a need for what it contained in it. So there I had the provision of the ministry, I had the provision of the Word of God, the Bible, uh, the provision of the Lord Jesus Christ being set forth that I had no need for it at all, didn't partake of that provision, but it was there and it was preached. Those blessed souls that truly were blessed under it, did receive of that provision, and yet for me, as yet, there was the provision, and not partaken of at all. Well, I want to look then at a second provision, and that is the provision in providence. And sometimes it is that before the Lord works by grace, that he brings his people to realize that they are partaking of his provision in providence. Peter speaks of, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And there's a tracing to his hand that which we are given in our lives. I can look back to direction uh, and to providing of employment and various things, care and watchfulness of the Lord in unregeneracy and be able to recognize and see that this was a hand of God. This, this was the Lord's work. And it may be a help to some who may be troubled whether they are really called or whether they will be called. But it's a blessed thing if we are able to see that the Lord is good to all. His tender mercies are over all of his works. Because even those dead in trespasses and sins, they don't feel the need of a provision for their soul, but they do have bodies they know the need of a provision of the bread that perisheth, of a job, of a home, of health, of strength, of medicine, of means of healing, that they can relate to. 
And so it's not unusual for the Lord to start awakening his people in that way to see actually that the Lord is providing for them in this way. Now we read the account of Elijah and Elijah was directed to go to the brook Cherith. Now all around was famine, all around the people did not have the water or the food and yet God specifically provided for Elijah and he told him where to go, where that oasis was. Uh, a natural one you would think where the stream was and then a very unnatural thing for the ravens to be bringing him the bread morning and evening and uh, one that was a real miracle and the other that seemed just a natural thing that in time it just dried up and we see then what I mentioned about the means that the Lord uses because in this account we have both of them we have one a miraculous uh, a bird doing completely the opposite to what it would do by nature and then on the other a brook which of course it would dry up if there's a uh, famine in the land if there's no rain in the land uh, then it is as in verse 7 there in 1 Kings 17 came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. The Lord wasn't going to miraculously cause that that brook did not dry up. That wasn't part of his plan and part of his purpose. And we might look at some things that have been a provision we've hoped and believed from the Lord and then in time it is dried up. The devil says, well, that never was from the Lord. That didn't come from the Lord, otherwise it wouldn't dry up. But may this account rebuff that. The Lord has a provision for a time, and, and then he'd have Elijah move away. But he has another provision, a different provision. And those things are to be noticed in, in life. Sometimes it can be, quite perplexing when things change when we haven't expected them to change or to go in that way but it's a good thing to be led of the Lord directed of the Lord I remember when I first came over here from to the UK from Australia and I was given a three-year contract to, to work for my firm and to still designing and engineering in Australia and then there came a time that they said that uh, that contract was going to come to an end. They were going to terminate it. And I, I, I was seeking then employment over here and sought it with my uncle who was in pump engineering. But I needed to learn another computer-aided drafting uh, package. And I couldn't work out why in God's providence that I had to learn one package in Australia and now for a new course uh, in my life here to learn another one. Why didn't the Lord move me to learn one in Australia that would help me over here? 
But anyway, my uncle said, you know, sometimes the Lord changes our course and changes our path and, and you do need to retrain. So I did a course and I did the course with him and trained up on the new package. And then my firm from Australia said, well, the reason why we can't employ you anymore is because we've changed to this new package and you don't know how to use it. And I said to them, but I'm fully trained in it. I do know how to use it. And what is more, I can write the programs to convert all my old drawings from eight years back into the new package. And the Lord gave me a whole more year's employment with my firm in Australia through that. But I had to walk through it really puzzled. Why was I having to do this training? What was the Lord's purpose? And the Lord hid his purpose until it was time to unfold it. I say to any that uh, are feeling something's dried up, uh, you've uh, got to go on a new path or new training or new way and you don't know why and you're trying to fathom out why, trust in the Lord. Look to his hand and providence unfolds the book and makes his counsel shine. And here, uh, Elijah must have seen that brook slowly drying up. And you walk in that path, the brook slowly drying up, provision less, and you wonder where the scene will end. And then we read in that verse 7, the brook dried up, it stopped, and then the Lord spoke. And then the Lord spoke. And then, most strange way, go to Zarephath. Go outside of Israel? You know how offended the Jews were when our Lord reminded them while he was on earth of that there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, but he wasn't sent to any but the widow of Zarephath. They were very angry about that. And here is Elijah provided in that way. And he goes to the city, he doesn't have to inquire where she is, or there she is, she's out the front. But provide? She hasn't got the provision at all. And there the Lord makes another miracle, a perpetual miracle with the meal and the oil, and really the miracle of the woman believing Elijah and obeying him and venturing in that way, using the last that she's got for him before feeding herself and we see this provision now our Lord warns in Matthew 6 that the people of God that they are not to be anxious of what we shall eat what we shall drink what we shall put on all these things the Gentiles seek after but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. He directs us away from that which naturally is anxious over to what the true need of our soul is. He doesn't say you don't need these things. He says your heavenly Father knoweth 
And may that be a word to some this afternoon. You may be concerned about temporal things. You may be concerned about your job this afternoon and your employment and your provision and uh, your future and the, the providing of a wife or a husband or a home or healing and health and strength. There may be many things and they, they, they belong to the body. They belong to this world. But our Lord says there's something greater your soul, your soul, how is your soul? How will it be when death comes, when you don't need food for the body, clothing for the body, a house, a home, a wife? You must leave all these things. What then? How is it with you then? There's a greater need, a greater providing that God provides. He does provide these things. And may we bless him and thank him for his provision and for all what he does, provide in the way of providence and see his hand in this and taste that the Lord is gracious and may it be a word of help because often we can get very burdened, very tried, very perplexed and uh, uh, we might say like it was with in Esther's day, the city Shushan was perplexed and you might feel that this afternoon in things that are happening you're perplexed you don't know what to do you don't know how you've come into this situation but the Lord knows what he will do and sometimes these times when we are perplexed we must rely more upon the Lord and hang upon him and look upon him for his way we see not our way you know as soon as we see something naturally and we're prone to do this we might pray and pray for the Lord's help and direction and provision and he starts to provide and then we almost subconsciously say Lord thank you very much I'll take it from here I'll manage it from here and we stop praying stop relying on the Lord and start working and leaning on our own arm of flesh and so the Lord, often very kindly, he doesn't allow us to see. He, he, he works and works so that we cannot see, but we, we need to trust and hang upon the Lord and be much in prayer, watching his hand in providence, using the means, the right means, prayerfully, diligent. Really, the Lord's dear people should be the most diligent, the hardest workers, the most diligent in all that they do, the best users of their time, the best stewards of what the Lord has given them. The Lord's people should not be careless, slovenly or indifferent as to how they walk here below. Those that look upon us should see us as those that though we Trust in the Lord and look to him that we are also diligent in the use of all the means and all that he does give. The Lord spoke about the parable of the talents and the one that had just the one talent and all he did was to bury it in the earth. He didn't use it, didn't increase it. Well, he was not commended for the ones that used that which he had given. And you think of here. What if the widow had said, well, we've, we've only got just a little bit uh, of oil and meal. Uh, we 
will not use that with our Lord when he worked the miracles with the loaves and the fishes. The disciples did say, what are these among so many? But if they then had said, well, it's so small, we, we just cast it away. It, it, it's just not anything. But by using that, the Lord multiplied it and the Lord blessed it. And so that provision in providence, we look at these things that are natural, things that uh, seem a real miracle in themselves and really all things are a miracle. They're all from the Lord's hand. The Lord will provide in his time, in his way, in the means that he has chosen, in a sovereign way. So God's provision in providence, the Lord, God will provide. Abraham, he says to his son, my son, God will provide. I want to look then at the third calling. God's provision in calling. The disciples had to tarry at Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. Our Lord insisted in John 3 of the new birth to be called, to be born again of the Spirit, of water and of the Spirit, to be truly Uh, washed with the washing of water by the word to be quickened by divine life through the Holy Spirit and that is absolutely vital now in the end of this account in 1 Kings that we read with Elijah with the woman uh, Zarephath she was seeing day by day this miracle of the multiplied meal and of the oil. And yet it seemed that it didn't really touch her. It didn't bring her to know that the word of the Lord in Elijah's mouth was the word of the Lord in truth. She no doubt heard the word of the Lord at his mouth many times while he was with her. Did he never speak to her of the Lord God of Israel, the words of the Lord? Did he just keep himself to himself and never shared with her and her household of the promises of the gospel, the promises of the seed of the woman? Well, she refers to the word of the Lord in his mouth. But it's not until she's brought to this that her son dies, brought into this great trial, brought so that she feels that the hand of the Lord, and dear Elijah also comes before the Lord and speaks to him of bringing evil upon this woman with whom he dwell. Even Elijah, the Lord hid from him what he was doing and what his purpose was for this woman and we we referred to what our Lord Jesus said about the many widows in Israel and was not sent except to the one at Zarephath thereby implying that that sending was not just to supply Elijah's need it was finding her out it was like the 
woman at the well of Samaria, he must needs go through Samaria. Here was one of the Lord's people. Here was one like Rahab, like Ruth, one of the Gentiles before the gospel days when the Gentiles brought in in, in uh, great numbers, but they were brought in and into the fold to know the true and living God and to know the true faith of God's elect. Remember, Rahab is numbered uh, amongst those of faith. By faith, Rahab and, and this widow woman as well, numbered amongst those as our Lord spoke of her in that way. But the Lord brings this heightened affliction. And how many times while on earth the woman, the Syrophoenician woman with her daughter beset with the devil, Lord help me. The widow of Nain, her son dead. Those that were blind, those that were maimed, those that had a physical need, a need of their bodies. And the Lord used the healing, used the miracles and pointed them himself. It doesn't always work that way. In fact, when the Lord healed those ten lepers, nine of them, you might say, did not work savingly. It did not bring them to Christ. It did not bring them to look to him, to trust in him. One returned to give thanks unto God. But where are the nine, says our Lord? But with this widow woman, the Lord was pleased to use this. My mind goes to that hymn, Judgments nor mercies ne'er can sway the roving heart to wisdom's, to wisdom's way. Uh, it is not until that time comes, a time not to propose, but call by grace. That time had come here. And I bless the Lord, the time came for me as well. And what a difference it makes when the Lord makes a change. The Lord passes by and gives spiritual life. I pass by thee when thou wast in thy blood and bid thee live. Bid thee live. We can be so, so near to God's provision. Sit under it. Hear the word. Be amongst the Lord's people. And partaking of providential provision but never needing or feeling a need or valuing that spiritual provision at all. Now how many times outside the chapel there in the back in the alleyway on those bluestone blocks we played as, as, as children so many times brought up to go to the chapel there. In fact, you can find a, a block there, those of you that are there. It looks like someone's got a 20 millimeter diameter router and they've gone in from the side of the block and there's a very distinct shape in one of those sides of the blocks. It just goes in a couple of inches from the side uh, and uh, a few, uh, half an inch deep or so. And we used to play on those stones. And all that time as child, all that time growing up, so near the gospel, so near the word, in the house of God, and yet never never knowing, never needing. And yet when the Lord began with me, then immediately I wanted to attend every 
service I could, the prayer meetings in the morning, the meetings in the the week. I remember many times sitting at the on the Wednesday evening at the back of the chapel there next to Laurie Seegers from uh, Collingwood at the prayer meetings at Melbourne. And that was when the Lord first was beginning with me. And I trust that those of you that know as well, mine ear hath he opened. First a need, an appetite, the calling of God, doing what nothing else could do. No amount of the miracles that were done here had any effect. And there may be those of you they're saying, well, I'm in this case now. I see many things. It doesn't move my heart. It doesn't have the effect. You might be uh, looking and, and thinking, well, what will move my heart? I hear of the Lord's people being converted, being called. But, but I have answers to prayer. I have things I see, uh, and yet my heart you know there's something missing you you may be like like Isaac and saying the fire and the wood but where there is something that is missing you know I may have said before but John Raven the pastor late pastor of Red Hill and Smallfields and you probably heard some of his sermons read there at Melbourne I certainly have read them there and uh, but he he said, I can never remember a time that I did not actually like going to chapel. And yet he knew something was missing. And his pastor knew something was missing too. And there came a time when the Lord did begin with him. And he knew the difference. He knew the difference. And you might be the same. You think, well, how will I know when the Lord begins with me? You will know. There is a difference between spiritually alive and spiritually dead. Those that have never known the change, they don't know any difference. But those that can say, this is what I once was, and now this is what I am. The Lord has made a change, a difference. I think in Mr. Ransbottom's book, The Bible Doctrine Simply Explained, a little made was asked what difference was there between when you were called and before you were called and she thought and said well she said before I was called I only cleaned where I knew people could see but now now I clean everywhere the same there was that sense of the Lord's eye upon her and it affected her life it regulated what she did there will be a change but don't draw lines for the Lord to run in and say it must be in this way or that way the Lord works in different ways with each but think of the provision think of our first point join that with the last point those that are called those that are given the provision of the quickening work of the Holy Spirit then suddenly the first point that provision will be precious. The provision of Christ, the provision of his word, the provision of pastors, the provision of the people of God being let go. They went to their own uh, people. We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. The witness and evidence of the provision of calling, of the quickening work of the Spirit, 
will make that provision in Christ and spiritual provision for the souls of his people to be precious, to be valued. And we'll, we'll value the provision of prayer, the way that we can approach to God, come to God, bow before the Lord. We'll value that. You know, Saul of Tarsus, the evidence that was given, behold, he prayeth, a first beginning of spiritual life, the breath of spiritual life. Now say this to the encouragement uh, those of you that perhaps have had a time you, you've never valued prayer, but now you do. You haven't valued the Word of God, but now you do. You haven't wanted to hear the Word preached, but now you do want to hear the Word. You hadn't valued the Lord Jesus Christ, but now as more and more you see your sinfulness, you feel your own wicked heart, you say with the hymn writer, if ever... My poor soul be saved, tis Christ must be the way. And to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord is growing less in our own eyes. He must increase, says John the Baptist, I must decrease. And it is in that way that Christ is made precious to sinners. Sinners can say, and none but they, how precious is the Saviour. You might think I'd be a lot better Christian if I wasn't such a sinner, if I didn't so sin. The Apostle says, The good that I would, I do not. The evil that I would not, that I do. A wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And so the provision in calling, really the, the, the seal of it, is to go back to that first provision and then though we still need things for our bodies and temporal things there's something that is more valuable more precious and more needful to us so may we know this provision of which uh, Abraham said to Isaac God will provide may we be able to put it in this way and come before the people of God and say God has provided God has provided I know by my own experience God has provided and be able to give him the honour and glory and to have that assurance and comfort ourselves God has provided and I poor sinful me have been the recipient of this provision his word has come unto me. His life has come unto me. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him. And may the Lord bless this word. May it be the word of the Lord to your souls and to mine. God will provide. Amen. <laughs>